kids are eager to learn. And that's the generation you teach. Every time I saw the TV, I thought in my head, oh my God, if I act at school and everyone likes it, imagine I was on TV. I would be a good actor. But then if you're African, you're from a black family and your mother is very hardworking, you have three options for a profession. You're either a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Then you've given your mother the fulfillment of sacrificing her life for you. See how tricky. Me, I wanted to be on TV, ready, or something like that. Just to talk to people, change people's lives, tell stories of things I've seen. Because whenever I went to my rich friends' houses, I was mesmerized. I was, you know, you, I, would, I would enter the house and I feel like I can do it. Because I would see they breathe the same air. I don't know. I think it, from childhood, I thought, even if I grew up from Islam, from a ghetto, me, I thought I was a, a royal child. I thought I was special. Because even in Islam, I used to treat myself like, you know, anything is possible. If I don't have money, I have tomorrow. If I, we don't have food today, I'm sure we shall have it tomorrow. And that mindset, that mindset, if you put it in your children, if you make sure your children know that the rain is going to come, the rain is going to come. Plants are going to grow. Don't tell only that story. Talk about when there is no rain, there is drought. What are we going to do? Survival instincts. Prepare them that not everyone in the world is going to love them. And, prepare and listen to them. Listen to your children. Because no matter how poor we were, when Islam, when the ghetto, we were nine children and were living with many relatives. Our house, by the way, you would even pass through to go to the shop. Neighbors, you tell you, you know, excuse me. I would like to go to the shop and you, you get, maybe you're going to eat, you pack up your things, people pass, you come back. If you're from Navisalu Zone, Katwe, you know what I'm talking about. But my mother listened to us because there was a lot of things going on in our area. Things like raping, sexual harassment for kids. It's a slum, I'm telling you. Where we used to sleep, we used to sleep like maybe five boys and six girls in one room. So the only thing that took us through and kept us to be well behaved or stay in line is because my mother listened and talked. She communicated every day. Do that. Because sometimes in your head you have this fantasy child. You know, you think you are going to produce a doctor because you're a doctor. You're going to, because you fail to be maybe a singer, you're going to produce the best singer in the world. And then God gives you a child that is not even close to you, close to a singer. Or you're a model. God gives you a child that is not even close to that. But your dream is to be a model. So in your head you think every child you should have, you should have, should be a model. Parents surprise me sometimes. You know, there is some lady I like to listen to. She's a very good motivational speaker. Uh, she, she said that uh, when you attack a parent, be ready to be eaten up or killed. <laughs> because like a parent thinks that they know everything and they think, we think, because I'm a parent, I have a son. We think no one can teach us how to raise our children. Of course, no one will teach you. But picking up a thing or two is also good. Because with parents, sometimes can be very selfish on our, on our children. And as parents, we should never expect anything from our kids. Because it is our duty to produce them 
and nurture them and let them grow. In Africa, as I said, you know, me traveling opened my eyes. I don't know if it will be able to help many people out there, but I'm used to the culture of, you know, go school. And after school, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, as I told you, an African parent. We need to change that kind of, it's like a routine kind of lifestyle. And maybe change for, for one time, one time. You be this parent, because the, the child is more at school most of the time. Most of the time, the kids spend at, it at school than with you. So instead of always playing the bad cop, remember the teachers, the prefects at school are doing their job for you. They are playing the bad cop all the time. But most children nowadays, the word they first learn to say is no. Why? Because most parents, that's all they say. No. No. It's, it's funny because you'll find a parent forcing a child, okay, to eat. You're forcing your child to eat food. You're like, you have to eat this food because, and then the child will rebel and refuse to eat it and you guys will scream and, what about, let's do this, what about we tried this style of raising our kids because I've seen it and I've tried it on mine, it's working. So I'm just sharing it. I'm not saying you have to do it, but it's a good one. What about you train your child, you watch, then you let go. Because in the world, you're not supposed to hold on to anybody. You don't have the capability, the only time you can hold on to someone is when you're pregnant, and that is for us mothers. You can own someone for nine months, but even they have their own day. You know, you cannot force them to sleep. You cannot force them to wake up. You cannot force them to eat, drink. You can't, but you own them. They're in you. You decide their life for that moment, and it won't take long. It's a short time. They will still live and... So from there go, train your child what you want, what you expect. Something that is not going to be hard on your own life. Because if you train your child to wake up every midnight to feed, and you know you sleep every midnight is when you're having your best dream. You're like, oh, can I say climax of your dreaming? And that's when you want to wake up and be giving, feeding this baby. My friend, this child is going to wake up every midnight. That is your peace gone. So look at your lifestyle. Fit your child in properly. Train. Show them. This, you know you'll be shocked. You look at a child and you think they're very innocent. They know nothing. They are green. They, they cannot do anything. But when they start speaking, you'll be shocked how they look at the world. They won't look at it comparing it to money, to profession, to race, age, culture. They don't know that. They just know humans. They just know happiness. They just know anything is possible. And that is a good mind to train the right thing. But if we start teaching our children to lie at that age, then we are training liars. If we start gossiping, with our friends in front of our kids, then we are training gossipers. 
but make sure if you're training a gospel, you you are guiding this gospel to gain money from it. Maybe they're going to work on radio as picking out news about someone. Then you're trained, you're in the right profession, my sister. But if you want a lawyer and all you do with your friends is gossip in front of your child, then you are doing something wrong. Can I say, mommy? Oh, daddy, you can't train your son to be a good man, a good husband. You think what you say is going to change what he's saying? Eyes record things direct to your brain. And it's the same with the kids because they're human too. So if you think you're going to come back in the night drunk, falling, eating, and then you're teaching your child that you need a good man comes back at eight. Papa, you're lying. Mommy, if you're telling your daughter that you know what, you shouldn't use a vulgar language, but the only words that come out of your mouth are vulgar, then you're not doing the right thing. Me, my son always challenges me when I'm screaming at him because I like, when I'm angry, <laughs> When I'm hungry, I'm the worst. Because I take in it, I, I knew I had that personality. I would take in a lot. I still have it. I'm working on it. I'm not perfect. I would take in a lot and take in a lot and be calm. But then when I be, when I'm pouring it, it all out. When I'm pouring out, it just, it's like a bomb. So my boy would tell me, but mommy, you scream a lot you will lose your voice and my mind will be there. Ah! I was like, this boy is right. I should I need to work on my temper. So in my culture in Baganda, they say, no mtu akume ngoma. Gumkulu no zina. I don't know how to say it properly, but I, at least I think you get the meaning. So about my childhood, me, I started working with my mom in the market by the age of, I think, five, six. By five, six, she's not supposed to go with her in the morning, and as she's removing things, starting. You are the one preparing her juice, because first she's to tell us she's the money maker, and we have to support the money maker. We have to make sure the money maker is happy, the money maker is not dead, and the money maker no one is chasing them for money. So when people, because we started on loans, so my mom used to borrow loans from private microfinance and many other banks. So when my mom would borrow money, and then bankers would come. So instead of her teaching us that, you know, like saying, tell them I'm not around. Do you know what she would say? She would be like, guys, protect the money maker. You know what to do. So she would go and hide. So me and my sisters would sit and think, so what do we say? She has gone to the market. That's bad, what do we say? Then the people come, then maybe we start being there, maybe we pretend we are hungry. Then instead of the guys asking for money, they ask us what's wrong. Then we'll be saying, oh, we're hungry, I've not had, because of course we used to have one meal in the night, but then we were used to eat. But you know, because we were ghetto kids, we knew how to act. So we tell we are hungry, and then the person will be feeling down, gives us something to eat, of course we're hungry, eat. And then we'll even fear to ask us where our mother was, first we are hungry. And then they will go. And my mom will come and be like, yeah, you played it, but don't use the same thing. That woman doesn't have money to spend every time she's coming. So just try train your children. Just train. And watch. Watch them carefully. I think that's why this intelligent woman, my mom used to carry us to the shop. Because I hated going to them. You know when you're younger, if uh, any of you, uh, if you're from Uganda, you remember Christmas time 
when they would buy us those new dresses with the matching cape, a matching bag. And it was so beautiful for every little girl. It was like a dream come true. If you had one blue one this time, you'd have a pink one, a yellow one. And that was nice for every child my age. Not for me. Because me Christmas, I was going to become a dummy. A dummy is a baby that goes with a mom to, to measure the clothes on you. But you get paid. So you start working, you know, this is the hard way to do money. Now the worst used to come when the rain comes. Oh my God. And then my mom would be like, yeah, you have to find out protecting yourself. Every man for himself. Ah. Every time I remembered that, when I was working in areas that I could call slavery, like when I was a maid in Dubai, I was promised a dental job, I was promised a nursing job or a dental job. I got there, I was put in a maid. Then I would remember my mom told me, you know what? No situation is permanent. As you're hiding, huh? make sure you stay with only life. If anything else goes, at least you have life. So every time they made me work so hard, you know, I'd just given birth to my son. I left my son in Uganda. He was eight months. I wanted a better life for him because I didn't want him to have the same life I had. I grew up in Islam. That's not the lifestyle I wanted for you. So when the opportunity came to Dubai, even if I reached the airport and they changed their mind and they're like, you know what? It's a made job. I was like, maid, you are, here I am. And you know, with your dental, <laughs> when you've been a dentist and people have talked to you, people have called you Musawo in Uganda, people have loved your work because as a, a dental trainee, even when I was working in Lifelink as a dentist, a, fully, a, a newly qualified dentist, they loved my work. I had my personal relations. Everything seemed so bright for me. But the salary for 400,000 wasn't working for me. It wasn't taking me anywhere. Because I was paying the fuel, a little bit of money stays on my house, and I'm gone. I didn't know how else to make money. I even one time bought a boda boda, helped with the help of my mother, because she's one entrepreneur, oh Lord, bless her. I bought a boda boda, and the boda boda guy, instead I used to run on boda boda to look for him to pay me. And the money I would be looking around would be the same money he's gonna give me. Oh, life was so hard in Uganda. But in my head, I thought there was something better because there is a future my mom promised me. She said, no, every time, even when like, you know, when you go for parties and we didn't, she didn't have money to buy us clothes, so she would uh, use the same gomesi. And uh, gomesi is like a wrap Baganda used to wear even up to now, it's our cultural dress. She would make different dresses out of hers for our all of us. And we looked funny, we looked like a, a group of a class. <laughs> and people would laugh. And every time they laughed, she would be like, oh, they are laughing at you now. Some of you are going to be doctors. When you're in Mulago, make them stay in the line. And we would laugh about it. And you know what? Life became so easy because she made fun out of every hard situation we had. And when I was in Dubai, every time these guys tried to do anything to me. For example, if you walked in Dubai, you know those people will try to rape you, isn't it? They will. They'll come to your bed. They'll promise you a better salary, even if you go to a big family. 
you find even the owner of the family wants to sleep with you maybe all the sons the cousins people visit they just want to sleep with you the problem with me was even i had big breasts oh that is even bad for a black girl you have big breasts oh a proper imagination of a person who is very obsessed with slavery and you go through that people will try to rip you you have to remember your value you have to remember where you want to be that's why i tell you don't take a step to travel anywhere don't take a step to invest in anything if you don't know who you really are who are you like okay let's start like who are you who you are is what do you enjoy to do how much money do you got you know because the world might think your account is happy but you know maybe it's money loans maybe so you know you know you know yourself the best thing anybody would tell you personally i'm not looking for likes by the way i used to look for likes when i was a dentist because i wanted patience and everything i wanted patients to i already had patients but i wanted everyone to test that kind of patient dentist relationship i don't need likes i don't I just need to be real with you. When you go to your house, you know you. The world might think you are prayerful, but when you go in your house, you know what you do. So no one is going to tell you to change because everyone thinks you're perfect. Personally, when I was a dentist, there are days I didn't have any money in my pockets. But everyone knew I was rich because I was a dentist. Hello. So people are going to give you but I knew who I am so I would go in the mirror and I'd be like uh, then stop lying to people stop lying to everyone and what's happening oh, check if you don't have that check don't bother traveling if you don't have that check please don't start a business if your child has not found that check don't open for them a business because you're going to waste the money anybody doing something you don't love you're going to quit or if If hard times come, you're going chicken out <laughs> because you're not meant for that. You know when you find something you love, something you like to do, something that gives you peace, gives you joy as you're doing it. Learning it is easy. Making an effort to be good at it is easy. But if you're good at something, let me say you're good at a profession. you hate it now loving it is so hard loving it is very hard i'll go back when i was a dentist when i was a dentist i loved it don't get me wrong it was my life i loved it because personally my joy my goal is to see everyone smile that's the name of my company julie smiles just smiles because i like people to smile so at first when i was younger i knew the only way i would make people have better smiles is if i would become a dentist i became a dentist then in uganda we were just removing people's teeth so i was like hmm when i traveled to dubai as a maid then they took me to a dental clinic i saw this guy who wanted to be talking about extraction ah i was intrigued as a maid my dream grew from zero to 100 i was like no Let me make money and go to these other countries and learn how to do this 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 dental this dental thing I could make I could make someone happy and that's all I wanted from childhood even when I was younger you know when you used to sing that song at school of or when, or when you grow up what you want to be or something like that I always sang that I want to be a mother or a carer 
And my mom, every time we are coming from school, she would tell me, eh, man, that, that is a shaming. People will think it's me telling you to. I'm like, no, but maybe me, you motivate me. Because we are poor. But I see the way you advise people. My mom's financial advice.